so we're talking to Paul Westhead, uh, former NBA coach, championship coach, winning coach, and he was the author of of, uh, of, of the book, The Speed Game, My Fast Times of Basketball. It's available in Barnes & Noble and everything. Anyone, you just go online, you can get The Speed Game. And what's so great about your book is that I've watched all 10 winning time this, every every episode. And if you've watched it and love it, there's millions of people who have. And if you just enjoy it in some ways, you know, read the book. I encourage you to get this book because the, everything you see in the movie, he talks about, Coach Westhead talks about in the book. So I really encourage people to get this book. And I, the question I ask you is, have you watched Winning Time? Have you seen all the episodes? Yeah, I have. Uh, I would say on the Plus side, it's a terrific uh, nighttime soap opera. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's really intriguing. Like, you know, if you like soap opera at, at 11 o'clock in the morning, you will like uh, winning time at 7 at night. But uh, there are many things they take uh, creative uh, license to do whatever they want. And, you know, a lot of the characters, myself included, uh, really isn't true to form, but you know, if you if you're looking for entertainment, uh, I, I can't knock it. But uh, I mean, I didn't go around all day long quoting Hamlet uh, <laughs> to my players. <laughs> I did talk about yeah, how to play the pick and roll once in a while. Did Did Jerry West say to you the one line was when you were first hired when Jack McKinney was hired and and then brought you in as an assistant and and Jerry West looked at you and said and you said you know I once guarded you and he says I hope you coach better than you play defense was that true? <laughs> I don't remember, but uh, there's some truth to that. Uh, in my senior year, I, I, I played Jerry West uh, and I also play Oscar Robinson and. Uh, you don't want to ever play either one of them. Uh, but uh, I hope I did coach better than I played Jerry West or Oscar Robinson. Well, one of our mutual friends, uh, Fran Dumphy, I worked with Coach Dumphy when he was at the University of Pennsylvania. Now, he's back at LaSalle, so I joke with him that now that he's at LaSalle, perhaps that in a few years he'll become the Lakers coach And uh, because I know you, were, you went from the, being the LaSalle coach to coaching the Lakers within a year, which is amazing. But the one thing for winning time and from your book that you, you talk about, the thing that's saying was that, that in order to get Kareem to buy in into the, the fast break thing, Jack McKinney comes in and wants to run a fast break offense. And you really spent time working with Kareem in terms of saying, this is completely different how you played. You've won all these MVPs and the titles and everything, but uh, we're going to change something different. And that was one of the things you did was work with Kareem and, and getting a buy in. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I worked with Kareem when I first arrived, uh, and I, I it was the easiest thing I ever did. Uh, Jack sent me down. He said, why don't you go down and work with Kareem a little bit? So I went down and said, what do you want to do? He said, well, you stand in the corner and throw me the ball. And he was like in a low post position, and, and he took 30 little jump hooks, and I kept throwing the ball in, and he'd take a jump hook, jump hook, and he made like 29 out of the 30, and then he stopped and he said, thank you very much. <laughs> So I said, wow, this is, this is good. Uh, I like this NBA coaching. Uh, but I, I say that because we had a team that, you know, and Jack McKinney did a great job of putting in uh, his, his offense and uh, the players enjoyed it. And uh, if there was anything that uh, he would do and I did after Jack was when we get stuck, throw the ball into the captain throw it into Kareem and, and he'll take care of business for us. 
Well, it's interesting. I mean, the one thing that we... Nice, a nice play to have to get stuck. It's a nice play to go to. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, a very, very very good play to go to. And one of the uh, things for the movie, and what you mentioned in your book, too, is that doing the lineup, I mean, there seemed to be that friction between Nixon and Magic, uh, like who was going to be the point guard, and then your idea was we're, we're free-flowing. You know, the offenses we look today, where there's not many teams don't have a true, quote, point guard, and that they put... when you when, The thing in the movie you could see was they put Magic or, and Nixon on the same squad. They were both on the A team, and and uh, and that sort of got everything moving better. Yeah, yeah, Ira, that, that's interesting you bring that up. Uh, however, whatever the movie says, it was really Jack McKinney who uh, came up with the idea that they could share the ball, a two-guard offense, so it didn't matter to him who had it, who didn't have it. If, if Norm had it, then Magic would play off him, and if Magic had it, Norm would play off him. In my scheme, and when I eventually – uh, the second and third season took over the team, uh, I was much more regimented, and I had Magic as the point guard, and I had Nixon as the shooting guard. Uh, and, you know, 35 years later, uh, that wasn't really a good idea <laughs> because uh, uh, Nixon, in particular, was a point guard who didn't mind shooting, but he didn't want to be an off guard. Like, I never got to this player, like Byron Scott was. Byron Scott was the classic two guard. Uh, Norm was kind of a combo guard, and therefore he, he really wasn't happy being off the ball all the time. Wow. And then, of course, the move, you know, why this, uh, the winning time brings this out is that uh, Jack had an, ac- her, uh, uh, an accident after, I think, 14 games into the so 13 games in the season. And then you were thrust within right. one day to start coaching. And it's not like today when, you know, you can hear like, you know, three coaches have COVID and there's still another five on the bench. I mean, it was just you. You're the <laughs> only assistant to go to be a coach. Yeah. Yeah, Ira. Well, uh, when Jack was injured and we had a shoot around the next day in a game that night, uh, it was either me or the trainer. Uh, and, and the trainer wasn't an ex-player or ex-coach, so uh, by default it was me. And I was like a substitute teacher. They said, okay, you take the game tonight, and after the game we'll talk to you. <laughs> so it was like uh, one game at a time. And I still remember in that game, we looked like we were going to lose, and Jamal Wilkes made a terrific jump shot to tie the game, and then we went into overtime, and we won. So otherwise, I probably would have been back to Philadelphia early. Well, they talked about the movie about how you had to stop David Thompson and actually looked up in that game. He only had 17 points. So I guess your defense was perfect on how to stop Thompson. But I, when you went in there, they had the, the, the movie brings up and you mentioned in the book also about Spencer Haywood, who you did not get along with. You Initially, you wanted to bet you put him more on the bench and uh, he was not too happy with that. Correct. Uh, it was another of the issues that happened after Jack McKinney's injury. Uh, uh, Spencer came to me uh, like a week later and said, you know, that he and Jack McKinney had an agreement that he was going to be a starter. And I said, well, I never knew anything about that agreement with you and Jack. And <laughs> I'm just going to play. I'm just going to play the people that, you know, I see fit in. And the more you will play is how you, you know, how well you do. So Spencer wasn't real happy with that. And, you know, uh, you don't get playing time in the NBA, uh, you're always going to be unhappy. So uh, th- th- that didn't go well for either one of us, and I don't think it was anybody's fault, but uh, uh, we got through that. 
And down here in South Florida, we're, of course, very familiar with Pat Riley. And I think the scenes with Riley in the, in the movie in which you describe in the book how you picked him as, as your assistant coach and bringing him in, um, I can't imagine Pat Riley ever staying in a Howard Johnson's, sharing a room with anybody Howard Johnson's right now. But um, yeah. that was that was a yeah, funny. That, I mean, that's why there's an example that, you know, that, that's outlandish. Like that Riley would grab me and put me in the shower and say, <laughs> you know, what, what are you going to do now? <laughs> I mean. I mean, it, it was entertainment, but uh, far from the truth. Uh, neither neither one of us shared the room, and neither one of us had those kind of conversations. <laughs> so the point is, though, but but in in the in 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 real life, we'll say for say, did you have a feeling yep. like were I mean, there was rumors about Elgin Baylor becoming brought in as a coach. There was a question: Are you is Jack when's Jack coming back? I mean, you were not only the coach, but you were dealing with all these rumors around you. It must have been so difficult because you didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know if Jack was coming back. You're the assistant. If they're going to bring in another coach, is Jack going to get better? It's just so many things. Yeah, uh, the, you know, the Elgin Baylor uh, thing, uh, I, I do know some of the background. Uh, when uh, I was coaching by myself, and I did it for probably about two or to three weeks, I actually had one of my players, Don Ford, sitting on a bench, like taking little notes for me. And after about two or three games, he came to me and said, Coach, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You can you play me if you want, but I'm not going to sit around and, and take notes for you. So anyway, that didn't work. So while we were deciding on a, a, a new uh, coach to be with me, uh, I did go to Jerry Buss, and I recommended Pat Riley. And he turned me down. He said, uh, let's think about that. He said, go, you're going on a road trip. Go on a road trip, and when you come back, let's talk again. What, what I didn't understand about Jerry Buss was when he tells you to think about it and come back and talk to me, he thinks you're smart enough to come back and say, oh, I understand what you want, but I wasn't that smart. So I kept saying Riley, and he said to me on one occasion, uh, what about Elgin Baylor? So he suggested Elgin Baylor, and this is very early on in the season, you know, game 15 or to 20. Later in the season, that, that topic never came up. So once Riley was hired, uh, the, the possibility of Elgin becoming involved in the team went away. But then the issue is then when Jack McKinney gets better and, and is, is healthier and then starts traveling with the yep. team, then that became a difficulty because you're coaching, it's your team, you're talking to players, but he's there. You know, they showed the scene with Philadelphia. That must have been, you know, that, that must have been difficult in terms of having McKinney there but not really coaching and, but looking over your shoulder. Yeah, it was difficult more on a personal level. Uh, Jack and I were very good friends. Uh, Jack McKinney helped me immensely in my coaching career, you know, uh, getting my first uh, coaching job at St. Joe's as an assistant uh, with him and uh, getting me to the LA Lakers. So I, I was indebted uh, 100% to Jack McKinney, but, during that time frame, during his recovery from his injuries, he really wasn't hanging around like you had impression in the in winning time and always in the background. And uh, no, he he came sparingly at best. And the decision to not have Jack return was really made not between Pat Riley and I and and uh, other people in the office. 
It was made by Dr. Buss and the doctors, the medical doctors who were observing uh, Jack's recovery. So it, it was a pure uh, owner decision, uh, not something that was bantered around in the, in the locker room or in the hotel. The one thing they mentioned in the in the winning time, which is different than real life, they had the, the game against Boston like around Christmas when it was on January 13th. But was that a big game? Like, did you feel like that the, the winning time made that game to be the you had to win the game or you're going to lose your job and they were going to bring someone else in? But and then, you know, the whole thing. I mean, it is funny how they play the Larry Bird and Magic thing is hilarious. I mean, it's just it is comical how they do that. But was did you feel pressure on that game? Did you was it is it is just that was a creative license by the movie? Yeah, again, it's the creativity of the movie. It, it's the soap opera. Get Magic and Larry Bird and mess them up and have Westhead on the ropes and have Elgin Baylor in a hotel room. I mean, what, what more drama could you want? But uh, it was, yeah, anytime you played Boston, it was a big game. You know, if you're a Laker coach or if you're a Laker player, uh, it doesn't have to be the playoffs. If it's the Boston Celtics uh uh, it's an important game, and you want to win. And then, uh, and then you get the chance to coach in the playoffs, and you win. They really in the in the movie they go quick over the Seattle and Phoenix series. You won four one in each. And then the idea about when was Spencer Haywood? What was the idea about suspending him? And when did that suspension happen? And that must have been a difficult decision. Or was that was that? I mean, the movie makes it winning time made it seem like it was a team decision. Uh, how what, how did that suspension actually go down before the finals? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw all of that too. Uh, uh, Spencer and I had a had another run in at a game, one of the playoff games, and uh, I I personally went to Jerry Buss and said, uh, "This is the second or third time that I've come up and said to you, I think we should do something with Spencer." And he said, "Okay," uh, and his okay was he suspended him. It was not a team meeting. It was not, you know, finally, I saw in the winning time, Kareem makes the final yeah. uh, decision because it was a tie. No, uh, it was it was me, uh, and I hope Spencer forgives me because I forgave him. Uh, it was me who made that decision, and Jerry Buss uh, executed that decision. And now we're talk get to probably one of the two most famous games in Game Five when in the finals against the Sixers. And first of all, I was surprised. Everyone thought you were going to play Boston, but Boston was they lost to the Sixers four one, and Bird had a terrible game and they had like twelve points in that in the fifth game. But uh, I saw that in in the winning time and, and in your book, uh, the decision the, the, the just after Kareem got hurt could not play in Game Six. Uh, a decision to start Magic at center and how that came about on the plane and how it was decided. Uh, how did it actually happen, I guess? Yeah, well, uh, when we, you know, what we knew Kareem wasn't coming. We knew also, talking to our doctors, uh, Dr. Curlin was the, the head doctor, then he said that Kareem's injury, uh, he, it's impossible for him to play in game six and probably not in game seven. Um when I did get on the plane, I wasn't sure which direction we were going to go. And Magic was sitting in Kareem's seat uh, and smiling like everything's going to be okay, folks. Uh, I did, during the flight, make the decision to start Kareem at center. Uh, I talked it over with uh, Dr. Buss. 
uh, he didn't say no, but he said, oh, that's interesting. That, that was one of his ways that he wasn't uh, sure. Like, uh, if you start magic and we lose, remember, you're the one who did this. Uh, but uh, we were all in agreement, and sure enough, come game time, we're going to start uh, magic at center. I do remember in a huddle, uh, one of our big power forwards, Jim Jones, who was a seven-footer and a big, strong, tough guy, said, Coach, I'm jumping, right? Because it would be logical that he would do that. And I said, no, Magic's going to jump because we're going to show the Sixers uh, something different tonight. And Magic went out and jumped center. and that, But he played every position. That's okay. That's and, okay. And then one, yeah. one more question okay. is, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. So then in the, uh, uh, at the end of the game, you really, I mean, the movie yeah. made you seem like great. I mean, because you actually, like, Magic was tired. He was exhausted. Riley, you know, said you were, you know, losing in the, whatever, whatever that motivated him. But in terms of getting your team saying, look, we've been running, running, running. I know that the lead is now down, but we're going to, you know, finish the game out strong. You went on that huge run at the end of the game, winning one at 123 to 107. And I guess that was, you know, Magic played the 47 minutes. It was it was that, I mean, what did you do? Was that true? Like, what did you do to make sure, you know, after the Sixers made that run, it looked like the Sixers were going to take control of the game to make that, uh, to make your run at the end? Uh, just don't take your stars out. <laughs> so, uh, Kareem was, was already in Los Angeles, so uh, Magic's going to play about every minute he could. And, and something, uh, I don't know if they make a big thing of it, but we should make a big thing. Uh, Magic was terrific in that game, 42 points and uh, rebounds and assists. But Jamal Wilkes had 37 points. You know, we couldn't have probably won that game without a great offensive game from Jamal Wilkes. They don't. They don't make. They don't mention. They don't make that more. They should probably in that. I, I, mean, I just watched it. And, you know, I read, 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 reread your book and I watched Winning Time before we did our interview, but they didn't really make an issue about Wilkes on that. So, um, but I mean, that and was... even even Brad Holland had his career high, like 14 points in that game. So we had a lot of people who were stepping in and playing uh, above their game. And then, you know, the movie does Winning Time mentions and you throughout your book talk about Jerry West and how Jerry West involvement with the team and and it was interesting and what was your you know your your interaction with Jerry West in real life not the movie life what were your interactions with him like yeah I, you know my interactions with Jerry West were very limited uh, actually when I showed up as the assistant coach uh, there was the head coaching office this is in the forum there was another little office with two desks and two chairs and it was for three people it was for me as the assistant coach it was for jerry west as consultant and it was for jack curran the trainer well curran would come up occasionally he spent most of his time in the training room i was there you know almost every day and jerry west Rarely. So we never had a problem who was going to sit at the desk because two of the three people weren't ever in the office in the desk. So uh, West's involvement with me in particular and Jack McKinney uh, was very limited. And, and that's to his credit. I mean, he was the former coach, so he wasn't he wasn't hanging around looking over his shoulder what McKinney was doing or what I was doing. 
he was, you know, kind of, he stepped back and he was, he would consult with Jerry Buss, but not every day with the team. That didn't happen. So we've been talking to Paul Westhead, uh, author of the book, The Speed Game, uh, as former NBA championship coach winner. Also, the, the history we went through on your last interview, all the different jobs you've taken. But I wanted to focus on the Lakers and talk about this time. But I really appreciate it. And I tell you, I know so many people watch Winning Time. And if you watched it and enjoyed it, buy the book. Order the book. It is a really great book. <laughs> and it goes into detail. And it sort of gives you, you know, I said, and it's still, it's exciting to read. So I really encourage people. I hope your book sales have improved since the, since the TV show coach yeah that's a good question I, I i don't really know i only find out they let me know about once a year so uh that my year isn't up yet but uh, uh yeah maybe it's gotten better so again I, I know that you've taken some time i really appreciate you coming on iron sports and i'm sure and i appreciate it for you again coming on our show yeah and make sure you say hi to fran dumpy he's he's a terrific guy i mean he's a great coach but he's He's a terrific person. Uh, I know him from the neighborhood. I don't know, Coach. We might have to come and help him out a little this year. So you might even hear, come move over to Philadelphia. But uh, no, I was uh, I was surprised that he came, you know left retirement and, and came back to coaching. But you know he loves to coach. He loves the game. And uh, and, and as I said, I, I agree with you. He's a much better person than he is coaching. He's one of the best coaches. So tremendous person. Yep. 